0: I think we need more of that. More stuff that is good entertainment for believers that also builds them up. Uplifting and encouraging. I guess a lot of
1: the the classical like arts and music were sort of that model. Where That's right. A lot of the you know masterpieces visually or in music were meant to lift up God and draw the mind towards heaven and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Adventures in Odyssey.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good yeah, Veggie Tales, I guess.
2: It's a good example of that classical art.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you brought up something a little more um, accessible because as soon as I made that statement, I was thinking, am I comparing us to like the classical masters? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We want to be like Mozart.
0: Last time we talked about inductive Bible study, what that means, what that looks like. So now we're going to focus in on the book of Matthew.
2: We didn't talk too much last time about what inductive Bible study actually is. We didn't talk about how to do it or what it looks like. We just really scratched the surface of the concept a little bit. Right. And the idea of Bible study. So what the study actually is comes more from these examples in your class. You Mm -hmm. start going through the book and that's how you learn how to actually do inductive Bible study.
0: Yeah, and we talked a little bit about how there there's different steps. Mm -hmm. And the first step that we can kind of go into today is the book as a whole survey. So looking at an entire book of the Bible and trying to get a good idea in your head of how it's structured, what the main themes are, what the author was trying to communicate, the different movements, that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, so anytime we're studying the Bible... Uh, It's good to think of the fact that the Bible is written in these separate books, and the books are complete parts, complete stories, Mm -hmm. and so anything that's in that book really needs to be read with the book in mind, kind of, right? um, in order to really understand the context of what's going on.
0: So with an inductive study, you'll get into more analyzing segments like a chapter and even going down into verses. But like you're saying, when you're looking at a verse, you want to take into account the entire book that it sits in. Yeah. Any thoughts about the book of Matthew specifically before we jump into it?
2: Thoughts in what way? That's pretty broad. <laughs>
0: I, have, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about the book of Matthew. <laughs> yeah, very true. Well, let's start here. So when you look at a book, the first step is to try to analyze what the primary purpose of the book is. This is called the general material. So there's different focuses that an author may have, whether it's history, events,
2: people. People? Wait, what do you mean? Like writing a letter to people? So you're going to try to... One of the first things you want to ask when looking at a book is what's the main focus? Okay, Is the book talking about events? Is it primarily about a person or people? Oh, okay. Is it primarily about ideas and concepts? That kind of thing. So
1: about people then would be like... The book of jonah or
2: yeah i think the book of jonah is largely about jonah as a as a character when we're talking about matthew yeah is this book primarily a biographical book right Mm -hmm. is it about jesus as a person or is it a book about events about the stuff that jesus did like what's kind of the main focus Mm -hmm. as you read through this book that's kind of those kind of questions you're going to ask Um, is it mostly about ideas is it mostly about the teachings of jesus
0: Here are the five primary categories they list in the book. Persons, historical, chronological, geographical, and ideological. And whatever you determine the book to be primarily about is going to affect the way that you
2: break down the book. And uh, we said this uh, last week, but these things are, you can always go back and adjust them later as you start reading through the book. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the more you get into the study of a book, it may come back and realize that you were wrong about the general material.
1: So, initially, it's just to give you a framework to focus your your analysis.
2: Yeah, and before you, like, pick it, you're definitely supposed to read through the book several times. Like, that's kind of the first step is mm-hmm. read through the book several times, and then you try to, adjust, like, address what these things. What if it's
1: Isaiah or Jeremiah or something really long?
2: Yeah, you're supposed to read through the whole book. Oh. Multiple times. Several
0: times in one. Yeah. <laughs> Has one anyone story. ever
1: done it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so often we just read chapter by chapter and we don't really get to see what an entire book structure is.
2: Which is daunting for these bigger books a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, even the longest books in the Bible, if you decide to like read through it all in one sitting, it's not going to take forever. Mm-hmm. If you think of short stories or like chapters in other novels like lord of the rings and those chapters take quite a while to read through a full chapter and um it's a little different in like today because we tend to have much shorter attention spans and we don't read like as long periods as people used to because we have like all these other forms of entertainment Mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna read for you know 30 minutes and i'm gonna play a game or whatever else watch a show but It used to be that one of the main ways of entertainment was reading and like people would pass their time. So spending an hour or a couple hours reading a short story, like short stories are meant to be read in one sitting Mm. and chapters tend to be meant to be read in one sitting. And so when you have these older books that have really long chapters or these short stories that are really long, it can be like, same, same as like a book of the Bible.
0: So with the book of Matthew, you could initially think, a few different things that it's primarily getting at. You could think ideas in the sense of Jesus' major teachings and the mm-hmm. kingdom of heaven principles and ideas he's conveying through that.
2: Um, I think you've... before we go forward, we should probably read through the whole book. <laughs> so everyone's on the same page. Just kidding.
0: That's a great idea. I have my Bible right here, actually. Starting
2: with the genealogy. Yeah, in the Greek.
1: Maybe don't go through this part too quick, too, because I want to process what these are that you're about to say.
2: You mean the different options that you could... Like, thinking about Matthew, what are some of the different options as far as the focus is? Don't go through that too quick.
0: Pause the podcast now. Go read the whole book and come back. (laughs) 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 Okay. Yeah, so you could think of the book as ideological. Um, There's several discourses that Jesus gives, five primary ones in this book. You could potentially see this as primarily being geographical. Um, You have a movement that Jesus makes in where he is doing his ministry.
2: Is it Matthew where in the middle of the book kind of says Jesus set his face like flint toward Jerusalem, or is that a different gospel?
0: I don't know if it specifically actually says that. Okay,
2: but there is that movement. I think that might be in Luke or one of the other gospels.
0: Okay, but you definitely, if you look at a map and you Mm -hmm. pay attention to where Jesus is doing his ministry, he has a very direct movement toward Jerusalem. And then you could see it as biographical, so primarily about who Jesus is, the person of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I landed with it after going back and forth on some of these different ideas.
2: So a book that is ideological, like a good idea of those would be some of the wisdom books, right? Mm-hmm. Like Proverbs is an ideological book. It's about these ideas or like some of the writings of Paul, right? Where that's primarily focused on these ideas. Is that right?
1: Or is James like that? Mm-hmm. Or is, or is mm-hmm. it not considered ideological if it's pragmatic? You know, he's talking in terms of when
2: somebody comes in, treat them this way. No, I think that's okay. still ideas. I mean, when it, what comes to mind for me for a geographical book is like Joshua. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Yeah, the conquest of Canaan.
2: What about Exodus? Exodus, off the top of my head, I think about events, but I don't know. Like historical.
1: Because it does talk about where they are, but I guess they all do that. Yeah. And um, I guess that's not the primary information being relayed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it starts off even very biographical, focusing on Moses. But I feel like yeah. I'd have to read I would need to read through the book in one time to really get a better idea of the Focus.
2: Was there another one that I'm missing? Geographical, ideological, historical.
0: Hold on, let me grab the book real quick. Maybe
2: Genesis
1: would be historical, but not really chronological because it's not really clear.
0: Here are a few examples: so, persons or biographical. Um, right. He says the book of Genesis is an example of this sense. general material for the book moves along according to a presentation of a series of protagonists. Yeah.
2: Yep. So Genesis, especially starting like in chapter 12, it's completely focused around Abraham and then moves to Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph.
0: Also, for Samuel, mm-hmm. the book is concerned about two pairs of persons. Chapters 1 through 12 are Eli and his sons Eli and then and Hannah his- and Samuel. Then chapters 13 through 31 are Saul and David. Okay. So then events are historical represented by the book of Joel.
2: Okay, because Joel talks about the event of this locust plague then the event of the coming of the day of the Lord.
1: In that case, Revelation would be event.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Very, you know, um, abstract timing and sequence. What about Daniel, though, where it's there's mostly one protagonist, Biographical. yeah, but it's kinda like with, kind of like two halves of a book.
2: Uh-huh. That's how Exodus is as well. There's some of these books that are very, like, divided. This is obviously just us thinking about it without spending any time in them right now.
0: So, yeah, he says it's not about the genre of the book. It's just about what the book's primary concern is. Um, so that's a good distinction. Says the book of Joel offers an example of historical general material insofar as the book is primarily concerned with events surrounding the day of the Lord.
2: That makes sense to me. Uh, the book of the Joel, jo- the book of the Joel, <laughs> uh, the book of Joel is definitely like primary focus the day of the Lord, and so it talks about the past day of the Lord with the locusts, uh, coming day of the Lord with this army invasion, and then the ultimate day of the Lord. So it's all. So it's good to
1: get away from the mindset of like a genre.
0: Yeah. And he even says you have other ideas within the book, but the purpose of identifying general material is to try to identify one primary concern. Okay. Um, So you're just looking at the really broad primary concern that the author had in mind.
2: And the purpose of that again is what?
0: The purpose of identifying the general material. Yeah. The purpose for identifying it, I'd say is to help you break down the book. In the movements that the author had in mind when he was writing it, mm-hmm. and we'll see that in Matthew as we jump into that.
2: Okay.
1: Well, so what about what about Acts? That's pretty sequential. What's happening? But is it just the you know historical events?
2: What about uh, geographical for Acts? Hmm. Because you know Jesus said the whole like Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the ends of the earth. And that's kind of what gives mm-hmm. you the movement of the book. So here's Dr.
0: Bauer. The Book of Acts is another example of geographical Boom. general material. Scholars is often noted that Acts one eight may be a virtual table of contents for the Book of Acts. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, chapters two to seven, in all Judea and Samaria, chapters eight through twelve, and to the ends of the earth, Boom. chapters thirteen to twenty eight.
1: Well, that brings me to another question, which is why would you want the primary focus of a book to be geographical? How is that helpful?
2: Well, in Joshua, it certainly is because the whole concept is the land that God has given the people. That's handy for... And there's a huge...
1: Conflicts in our modern day, maybe.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it's the fulfillment of that promise to Abraham. Um, So much of the people of Israel is rooted in the land. Then when it comes to the book of Acts, those geographical movements are associated with people also you know it's this movement of the gospel across the world
0: yeah the book of joshua is also about joshua himself but that's true in the book it says if one asks oneself whether in the book of joshua the land is significant because the person of joshua or whether joshua has significance because the role he plays in relation to the land one would be forced to conclude that the land is the primary thing Joshua has significance he does within the program of the book because the role he plays in the conquest and distribution of the land. That
2: seems pretty unique to me, though, for that book. Like, there's not that many books like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think there's not a lot of books that are geographically focused. You know, we said for Matthew, there's that potential. Somebody could argue that mm-hmm. it's that movement from Galilee to Jerusalem.
1: Well, it's just hard other than you know what is the land that god promised the people i can see why in that case you need a very geographic focus but in other regards it's hard for me to grasp why that would really be significant to the point of being a main focus of a book even even when it comes to the spread of the gospel we know the command is to take it to the ends of the earth and take it everywhere so Is it necessary to emphasize, you know, first here and then here, and here's how it went? You know, it's interesting, but it doesn't seem like necessary to make that the primary focus of a book.
2: There's something that kind of relates to that. Malachi's coming in, so this may be a a disruption. Let's see.
1: That video of him uh, trying to get Pongo on was really funny. We've enjoyed that a lot.
2: Well, I missed it before that because that chair that he used to grab the remote Mm. stays upstairs in his room. Oh. So he brought it all the way down. He got to the stairs wow. and then like dropped it down the stairs. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. So I was like, uh-oh. Did he get in trouble? No. we. Just, I mean, he wasn't trying to be rebellious. He was just trying to <laughs> get up to the TV to reach the remote. Right. Could have just asked you. Often in the mornings, he'll go get that little chair and take it to the bathroom to get his toothbrush. Oh, that's pretty cute.
0: Do you guys want to hear an example of ideological?
2: Oh yes, we we need well,
1: examples, we, we but need we also, also got to yeah. solve this thing about the geographical. But I think it's good to have an example of each since we're bringing these up.
2: Let me just say on the geographical thing about Acts, real quick. I think the focus and like the movement of the book has to do with those locations. It's also there's also a lot of biographical like components where you have Peter and Paul as the main focuses. but like the the story and like the main focus is the movement of the message of Jesus starting mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, then exploding out of Jerusalem, all to the known world, and even ending in Rome, which is like the center of the world. Um, so that's right. like the
0: geographical spread of the gospel.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, I can kind of see that. Why that? Why that's significant?
0: Let's go on to a, an example of, of ideological. We give lots of these. These are easier to think about. But one would be Romans. It says it may also be true of the book of Job. You could say the primary concern of the book is not the person of Job, but the ideological issues of suffering and righteousness.
2: That would makes sense, right? The
0: identification of general material serves a number of purposes related to interpretation. There we go. <laughs> so this is yeah, what we were wondering about. I
1: should have waited for the explanation.
0: So he says, for one thing, identifying general material enables us to recognize the features of the book that tend to be most significant for interpretation. Ideological material, for example, points the eye toward logical connections. Therefore, for, because, those are the key words, and the development of the argument. But biographical material will cause the reader, once they reach interpretation, to focus on issues of characterization. How the major characters develop. How are they related to one another? So kind of directing your attention when you do your interpretation.
2: It also just helps you to start thinking about the books. Like even in just what we've been doing, we're thinking about the content of the book in a, in a holistic way. And so it kind of helps you start thinking like that also.
1: If nothing else, I definitely think it's helpful for modern day readers or modern day believers to be aware of or reminded of the fact that different parts of the Bible are inherently different and don't need to all be taken Mm -hmm. exactly the same way.
2: Yeah, that goes more into the genre question. But just getting people to start thinking about books of the Bible is good because often it can be easy just to read it and then be done with it and you're not like thinking about the books of the Bible in these deeper ways.
1: I was actually just talking about that with the team leader here who was saying that a lot of their team members, the Mongolian guys, they read the Bible all the time because they read it kind of to close every meal that they have together. But he was saying that even though they're very familiar with the Bible and they've read through it several times, they don't always feel that they have a strong grasp of the meaning or of what it's saying because they're just kind of reading through it like a book and not really grappling with the content and not like meditating on it, thinking about it, learning about it, studying it.
2: That's good. Hmm. And that doesn't definitely doesn't downplay just familiarity we talked about last week, but I bet they would be able to much more easily start identifying these general materials because they're so familiar already.
1: That's an encouraging perspective, that's
0: true. One final note on general material. Um, He does say that often you can't identify more than one of these. Oh, good. So you could say biographical, geographical in your understanding of a book. But essentially, he concludes this section by saying that for a book to have unity, it must revolve around one main thing. The identification of the general materials is an initial attempt to locate the material center of the book. So I think the keyword there is initial attempt and like Joel said, the process hmm. is spiracular, so it's going to evolve and change as you go.
2: In a lot of the book surveys that I did for inductive Bible study classes, I would kind of present a couple options and why they could be the case and then present the one that I was landing on. Okay? So for hmm. example, like if I was doing Joshua, I could say This book may be geographical because of the focus on the land, or it may be biological because of how it focuses on the person of Joshua. However, between Mm. the two, I think it's more likely that it's geographical. And obviously when you do that, it shows that you're understanding the book, you know, and these different components. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about like trying to find that answer. It's about trying to understand the book.
0: Getting back to Matthew specifically, I would say that it's biographical, primarily about the person of Jesus.
2: Yeah. Would you guys agree?
1: Yes. I completely forgot that we were talking about Matthew. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot of time on General Materials. We're going to have to split this. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: was. Our one little bullet point on my outline. (laughs) General Materials, number one. You never know. Hey, you never know where it's going to go. Yeah, if we keep this Um,
1: pace, then we'll be done with this episode in like eight hours.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's good. they like um, like we said, the Matthew is the case study in order to learn the method. So really, the purpose yeah. is to try to understand the method. Matthew's just the case study being used. Okay.
0: Once you've identified the general material, then, so let's say for Matthew Biographical, then you want to go in and break the book up into main units
2: and subunits. Yeah, so you're basically like trying to outline the book.
0: So if you have a commentary, If you watch the Bible Project, many people have noted that Matthew has five major discourses throughout the book, and they all end with when Jesus had finished saying these things, such and such. So that's helpful to note. However, if you see the book primarily as biographical, then uh, I think there's a more helpful way to break it down. And that's focusing on the movement of Jesus himself in his ministry.
1: The physical movement?
0: Uh, not necessarily physical, just his priority as it relates to his ministry. So let's talk about the main units. Okay. When you start reading through the book of Matthew, it's pretty apparent that the beginning is quite different from the rest of the book. So you have the genealogy and then you have the Christmas story, you know, sections about the birth of Jesus in early years. Then you have John the Baptist. So you have this segment that's preparation for his ministry that's pretty different from the rest of the book that focuses on his teachings, miracles, and... Healings. Sure, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Miracles and healings.
1: Miracles and (laughs) actions. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, let's
1: go with that, miracles and actions.
0: So when you're reading through it, you come to key verse is chapter 417. So it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. From that time on, Jesus started preaching repentance for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So that's a big shift in what Jesus is doing from preparation, baptism, birth, childhood, being tempted in the wilderness to verse 17 from that time on. So I would say that's the break between our first unit and our second unit is 417.
2: That makes sense because you have everything leading up to this point of like preparing for his ministry and then beginning his ministry, right? And that's where that shifts. I think the other maybe possibility would be the end of chapter three, which is when he begins, like when he is an adult
1: versus you're saying in chapter four, when he starts saying repent, oh wait, the kingdom of heaven is near.
2: Yeah. Paul's saying there's still some preparation. All that is preparation to ministry, which I think is a good, good option.
0: Yeah. Cause he really hasn't, he really hasn't started his public ministry until 417.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then directly after that in 418 is when he starts calling the first disciples. So 18, he calls Peter and Andrew. And then right after that moves into the sermon of the Mount the first of those five great discourses that really launches the public ministry is the Sermon on the Mount.
2: So the first main unit is preparation for ministry. And then the second main unit is what?
0: Proclamation of Jesus, Messiah, Son of God to Israel.
2: Okay, Okay. I was going to
1: guess that it was ministry up until Jerusalem or something like that.
0: And that would be the more geographical way to look at it. So unit one, preparation for Jesus, Messiah, Son of God. Unit two, proclamation of Jesus, Messiah, Son of God to Israel.
1: That is kind of helpful, though, because suddenly I sort of understand more about why you might talk about looking at a book through a geographical framework, because that's what I didn't realize even, and that's what I started doing.
2: Yeah. Mm. And you can even see, so like right now we're kind of wrestling with the way that this book is broken down, but as soon as we start talking about this, it starts giving you insight into what the book's message is and all these things. You can mm-hmm. you can already see how it can help you understand the Bible to start talk like thinking about these things.
0: So yeah, so that's the second unit. Then uh, moving all the way over to chapter 16.
2: I guess there would be some cases where
1: it can be useful to look at a book from the perspective of several or all of those general material just to see the same book from different perspectives and see what you glean.
0: Yeah, I think you could glean different stuff depending on how you look at the general material. Of course, you want to actually try to determine what the author had in mind when he wrote it, because that's going to give you the best understanding. So yeah, that's unit two. Then uh, the next really key verse comes in 16, verse 21. So chapter 16 is Peter's confession, where Jesus says, who do people say I am? And Peter makes that profound declaration, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Mm -hmm. Then in verse 21, it says this, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, scribes, and be killed, and on the third
2: day be raised. So he began teaching them something new.
0: Right. And it's that same phrase we saw in 417, from that time, from that time on. Jesus was talking about his death. He was talking about Jerusalem. So it's a big shift in the way he's presenting his ministry.
2: So you've got the preparation at the beginning, the first four chapters, basically. And then until chapter 16, from chapter 4 to chapter 16, Jesus is presenting like who he is, talking about repent for the kingdom of God is at hand and mm-hmm. showing people who he is as the Messiah. And so then it's, mm-hmm. when Peter confesses that you are the Messiah he begins to shift and start teaching about his death and resurrection.
0: Yes. So upon the disciples recognizing who he is, he starts moving toward Jerusalem, the cross and resurrection. And you see that also geographically. If you look on a map of Israel and look at all the cities that Jesus is in, from chapter 16, verse 21 to the end of the book, he's slowly moving south toward Jerusalem. So he does things in multiple places, but... The trajectory from this point on is the cross. So that takes us into unit three, which goes until the end of the book.
2: Which is, what do you call that? The third section.
0: The third section is the passion and resurrection of Jesus, Messiah, son of God.
2: Okay. So starting in 16, you've got that titled the passion.
0: Yeah, I think every everything after 1621 is flavored by that focus on the passion and resurrection good word choice you're including
1: as he's making these more more of these statements along the lines of the son of man will be handed over the son of man will have to suffer and Mm -hmm. many things
0: yeah because he continues to do public ministry after this time but there's really a movement toward the death and resurrection it's almost like everything is ramped up and even how outspoken he becomes against the religious leaders really ramps up after this point as far as subunits i don't really think we need
2: to go into that yeah basically after you pick the main units then you also can like divide those units up into kind of what's going on do you need uh, to have Mm -hmm. your
1: interpretation of the theme of that unit color what the subunits would be or can it be something that's kind of unrelated
2: you kind of pick a title for the main unit that incorporates what's going on underneath it in the subunits. So if you, mm-hmm. like, let's just cover the smallest of those off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. The The preparation one, up to up to chapter 4, verse 16, you said, right? Or
1: genealogy, yeah. I guess, would be a subunit. That
2: has the genealogy would be separate, right, from the story of Jesus being born and being visited by the Magi. And then Jesus's mm-hmm. baptism, because he's an adult at that point. So those, in my mind, just off the top of my head, I would probably break that up into three as well. Mm-hmm. And those are all like part of preparing for Jesus's ministry, but they're definitely kind of different from each other.
0: You could break it up just into two, infancy and adult. Okay, yeah. So that would break right at chapter
2: three. Yeah. Okay. This is really an important step in Bible study. As you start outlining, basically, books, it really gives you an understanding of the movement of the book and what's going Mm -hmm. on in the story. Um, That's one of the main things that I do when I'm, Getting ready for like a sermon, especially if I'm doing a series on a book, is I'll want to be sure that I have a good understanding of how the book is outlined because it really helps mm-hmm. throughout the whole study to understand kind of where the book is going, what's going on. It's it's very helpful in understanding the book. Good. That's
0: a decent breaking point if you...
2: Yeah, I need to go. I feel like we can get a whole episode out of this, but I could be wrong and then just make the next one in episode three. You don't know how much he's going to cut down. I mean, that was gold, okay? So if he cuts it... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot
0: of general material <laughs> yeah but
2: that's
1: the place we're starting from i think it's important to understand it and define it and have a
2: sense of what it is yep absolutely absolutely. All right. anything we need to say as closing
0: let me just say we didn't get all the way through the book survey and we didn't get into my missional formation class but i do think that's a really good starting point and that took a lot of time So why don't we go and break there and we'll pick up on our book as a whole survey of Matthew in the next episode
1: and also get to the missions thing or I don't know. We may not get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: We'll see if we get to missions. I do have some fun, interesting stuff to talk about related to missions. So hopefully we can get there too. Yeah.
1: I want to hear about that. All right. Sounds good. Thanks guys.